This episode of Additive Insight is brought to you in association with TCT360, the event for 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence. Join TCT on the 29th of June to the 1st of July 2021 at the NEC Birmingham for three days, 60 features and a conference lineup that explores whatever stage of development you're at, whether it's evaluation, adoption or optimization. Register now at tct360.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Additive Insight, your source for news, interviews and comment on the latest 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence from the TCT editorial team. I'm your host Laura Griffiths, Deputy Group Editor at TCT and in this episode I'll be speaking to Steve Chilson, CEO of Evolve Additive. Evolve Additive is an additive manufacturing startup which spun out from 3D printing giant Stratasys in 2018. With investment from Stanley Black & Decker and the LEGO brand group supporting its R&D efforts, Evolve's step technology, of which Steve is co-inventor, is focused entirely on production manufacturing, promising a viable alternative to injection moulding. Here Steve talks about the development of the technology, how Evolve is approaching production-grade additive, and the company's next phase as it gears up to deliver first machines to customers. If you like what you hear, you can get your free print subscription to TCT Magazine and receive the biggest 3D printing news stories delivered straight to your inbox every week with our Additive Insight newsletter by subscribing at tctmagazine.com. You can also let us know what you think on social at the TCT Magazine and join in the discussion on the Additive Manufacturing Global Community Discord. Steve, thank you very much for joining us today on the Additive Insight Podcast. How are you doing? Oh, well, well, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. I hope you're doing well in these uh, trying times as well. We are, of course, here to talk about Evolve Additive and the STEP technology of which you are the co-inventor. It is an entirely new technology. It's not a variant of a pre-existing AM technology. So I guess to start with, Steve, tell us exactly what STEP is. So STEP, STEP technology uh, it stands for Selective Thermoplastic electrophotographic process. And at a high level, it's, a, it's an additive manufacturing technology that utilizes the electrophotographic or laser printing technology to make the layers. And then we take those layers and under heat and pressure, we then turn them into fully dense uh, parts of, uh, again, thermoplastics. So today our technology uses the ABS uh, from Sabic, and then we're also working with a nylon from multiple uh, suppliers. Mm-hmm. So the idea here, though, with Step Technology and Evolve, is that we are um, 100% focused on production manufacturing technologies and and applications, not uh, prototyping. So mm-hmm. That's a big um, it's a big statement, but that's what Evolve is 100% focused on. So this technology was um, a long time coming and kind of nearly a decade in development born out of Stratasys where you were previously served as Vice President of Corporate Technology Development. Can you talk to us a little bit about those early development days and and how the technology came about? (laughs) Yeah, boy. Um, Yeah, so we've been been working on it uh, about 11 years now, uh, believe it or not. And in the early days, really, so when I first joined Stratasys, uh, back in 2000. So I joined, it was almost my anniversary day. It'll be the September 24th, 2006, when I actually joined the company. And um, when I first joined, it was all about prototyping. But we knew, and there was discussions with Scott Crump, who was the founder and CEO of Stratasys, 
Um, there was a lot of discussions I've had with him about turning the technology uh, of additive into production and, and how you would go about doing that. And um, it all started with surveys and trying to understand from a market perspective and customer perspective what, what their expectations are, which is really the smart way to go about doing it. So we conducted a worldwide survey um, with over 700 manufacturers around the world. And it came back, you know, when you, you, you analyze the survey data, you look at what really these uh, customers are looking for in any manufacturing technology. It came down to really the cost per part, the quality of the part, the materials in which you're making the part out of, the, the scalability of the technology, and um, uh, again, being, being absolutely critical that without being able to deliver, uh, and here's the trick, all of them concurrently without sacrifice, um, you're, you don't have a technology. So that's where we started um, back in 2000, I would say 2008, when we really launched off on this. And mm-hmm. we knew that the technologies that were in the world at the time, the additive technologies that were in the world in the world at the time, were not capable of delivering all of those uh, five elements uh, concurrently. So we did a. It was about a two-year, three-year research project to go around the world and see if we can find one, uh, uh, something new that we can transform or develop into a um, uh, this manufacturing scale additive technology. And we, we found a few that were interesting, but I'm also, my background is from uh, 2D printing. So I spent about 16 years before joining strategy, uh, Stratasys inside of multiple 2D uh, printing companies with expertise in thermal printing, electrophotographic printing, inkjet printing, all, all of that uh, stuff. So I had a lot of background in looking at alternate technologies in, in, um, that I thought were very powerful. And... Electrophotography was one of these technologies that we knew would be difficult to transform, but it has such power. It's the highest uh, speed digital deposition technology that we know mm-hmm. of today, uh, faster than inkjet, faster than um, thermal printing. And it also, what really makes it attractive is its wide palette of materials that is capable of being transformed into electrophotographic materials. So um, I knew it would be I knew it would be very powerful, and I knew it could be something that could be could give us the quality and the speed and the cost that we were looking for. Mm-hmm. So those those were the early days, and 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 I um, joined with a gentleman that I worked with in my past by the name of Randy Sanders, who's since passed um, away, and together we invented uh, the Step technology back in 2008, really launching it off in 2000 for those first two years in the lab just trying to get to the point um, of, of being able to see what it was going to be capable of. Again, it's a, it's a complicated, difficult technology to, to uh, manipulate, but once you do, it's, a ter- it's, it's extremely powerful. So those are the early days, really looking at the market, really trying to understand what manufacturing and manufacturers wanted, as well as looking at multiple technologies and trying to find a fit, uh, you know, using the, the strategy, business, and technology, that triangle, and really trying to you know, manipulate that to the point um, of something like STEP. And those were the, that, that's where it was born. And as you mentioned at the start there, STEP is, is geared um, completely towards production. Um, there are obviously a lot of uh, brands and machines and additive right now that are kind of going after that, that same end goal. But what are you doing differently that, that really qualifies this as this production solution? 
<clears throat> well, that's a great question. And again, I'll go back to the what we call our five main pillars, you know, delivering, mm -hmm. delivering on cost and quality and speed and materials and versatility, really delivering on all of those elements concurrently and not sacrificing. There's a lot of companies out there right now in additive trying to do, as you say, uh, manufacturing. The issue is, and they're all wonderful technologies. I don't have any issue. They all have their place and they all do really uh, amazing jobs. But the one thing they do not offer is, is delivering on all five of these main pillars um, without compromise. And that's where Evolve, and that's what Evolve does do. Where our technology with STEP uh, does deliver on all five pillars. Now, the other thing that we do that, that others don't either have the luxury because of their legacy company that they have to you know, work within is being a startup company. You can really listen to the market. You can really listen to your customer mm. and you can really you know, uh, create a new uh, value chain based on production, not trying to transform a value chain that's based on prototyping and morph it into production. So it's a big, it's, it, it actually is, is um, a lot of freedom when, when you start to do that. <laughs> and you said it yourself before, it's quite a, quite a complex process step. Can you kind of give a, a quick rundown of what that end-to-end -end workflow looks like? So yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, the, what, what we're doing is we're leveraging, we're leveraging electrophotography. Mm -hmm. So we're taking basically a Kodak Next Press, which is a, a very high um, uh, reliable press that's been around for about 15 years. And we're using the mechanics out of it. It was developed by uh, Heidelberg, so it's built like a tank. And basically what we're doing is we're, we're making layers onto a high-speed belt, transporting those layers that we've made at high speed, and then putting it underneath a uh, heat and pressure and cooling process, every layer, under um, closed-loop control. So all of, our, all of our critical processes of temperature and pressure and position are under closed loop control. So it takes the complication out of it. And then you're trying, you're, 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 you're making a part mm -hmm. again, layer by layer, high speed, new materials, not standard, you know, laser printing materials. These are electro, uh, these are, um, uh, thermoplastics, regular engineering grade thermoplastics. And we're, we're, we're making a part. So it seems very simple. We, we call it a three-step process, make the layer, align the layer, uh, transfer the layer that's that's our process now what makes this what makes this really unique and what makes this really robust is we've actually implemented in a um, uh, artificial intelligence and at this with this closed loop process where the, the, the process monitors itself it's going so fast and we need the level of accuracy and the the process uh, through these cameras and the vision systems and advanced algorithms under artificial intelligence we're actually able to look at every layer and, and, and move every layer and, and monitor and position every layer such that um, everything comes out exactly the way we want every single time. Okay. So we've actually uh, reduced this, what I, you call complex process, I call you know a sophisticated complex process, and we've reduced it, um, um, I, I think, to a very reliable, robust uh, manufacturing system. And when you and I spoke towards the end of last year, I remember you described the technology as being um, hands-free and also scalable. Can you tell us what you mean by that? Yeah, it is completely hands-free. Again, humans, 
So again, the, the, the process is working very quickly. You know, if you see the machinery and you see the speed in which we're working, you see the level of accuracy that we're getting to, you know, human beings really can't run these machines beyond, you know, the word print. So they, they are being controlled. They are controlling themselves. And um, so completely hands-free operation. Now, when you talk about scalability, the one thing we've also been working on is we, we, we have relationships with uh, Siemens and um, other automation companies to take uh, technologies that are off the shelf that are used every day to automate what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So what we know of is the workflow from, say, um, part request in, in an ERP system all the way down to part fulfillment, we knew this had to be automated for it to be reliable and, and to also to fit within existing manufacturing platforms. This had to be re reliable and also had to be with systems, um, let's say software systems and integration systems that people are familiar with. Mm -hmm. So we went, we, went with, uh, we went with the best and the biggest, uh, starting with Siemens. And we, um, our systems actually integrate within Siemens NX as well as Siemens Team Center and Ops Center. So it allows us to integrate both on the ERP side as well as help manage and monitor all of that information on the uh, industry, industry Internet of Things and Industry 4.0 side. Okay. And, and speaking of that familiarity, that also kind of transcends into the, the materials that you're using as well. So you're using standard engineering thermoplastics, the, the kinds of materials that users are already very familiar with. So can you talk about the benefit of, of offering um, users these types of materials, you know, brands and material types that they're already familiar with in their current manufacturing setups? Yeah, this is a very important question. You know, again, in the surveys, in the surveys that we've done over the years and in the I've been in this industry now for about 15 years myself, and all of the all of the people that I've interviewed, talked to on the on the customer side, the manufacturing side, the, one of the essential pieces for them is to not have to re, retool their entire process of making a part. Mm -hmm. So where it all starts with them is about a material. So they want to use materials that their engineers are familiar with, that they've tested and qualified. And this is essential. They don't want materials that have the word like next to them. They don't want an ABS like. They don't want mm -hmm. a nylon like. They want ABS MG29 from Sabre. They want uh, PA6 from BASF. This is what they want. And so this is what we're giving them. Uh, uh, absolutely essential to make sure that the materials that we're developing aren't too foreign or aren't too, let's say, um, fantastic to where engineers really don't trust them. But you established um, a partnership with materials company Avonic last year. Have you been looking at new materials with companies like that? Yes, absolutely. Ivonic um, plays a very important role both in the um, materials that we, we use today, but also where we're looking at for the future. So a company with Evonics, both understanding of additive, understanding of manufacturing, but also their size, uh, really gives us the capabilities to start look out at advanced, advanced, advanced engineering grade materials. Mm -hmm. So again, looking in the automotive area, looking in aerospace applications, and then looking in consumer products uh, applications, being able to pull off the shelf from companies like Evonic, uh, those types of materials. Okay. 
And on materials and also some of the um, the off-the-shelf um, technologies you were talking about earlier, um, it kind of falls into this idea of uh, partnerships and, and collaboration with, with, with industry. And going back to Formnext, I recall you speaking about how, how no one can kind of do this alone. So do you see um, partnership as an important part of the advancement of, of AM and Evolve as well? Yeah, it's essential. You're, you, you're, I still hold by those words, and probably even more so that, than ever. Mm. We, we, we can't do this alone. No, nobody can. I don't care the size of your company, whether you're HP or um, Xerox or Stratasys or 3D Systems. You, you, you can't go into manufacturing alone. There's, there's, mm-hmm. too many, there's too many pieces of the puzzle that you need help with. There's too much credibility that you need to, to have, and, and partnerships uh, really help establish that. So Evolve is really, you know, that's one of my main functions here at the company is to build, you know, more and more relationships, which um, some aren't public for us, so I can't say everything. But, you know, looking at uh, automation, looking at materials, looking at software, these are the main elements, um, uh, a collaboration on the technical side, but even more importantly, collaborations on the application side where we're, where we have multiple development agreements with uh, uh, companies that we're working with them developing out our applications with. So this has been tremendously successful for us in getting off the ground as a startup. Okay. And you've had a first round of systems um, out in the field already for for some time now with with, with users. Can you tell us about the types of customers that you're working with or perhaps the industries um, that they're working in? Yeah, so we've had now a machine in the field for over 14 months. And now the machine has been transferred from a, let's say, a manufacturing development location to an actual production location. So the the success of the machine, I think, speaks for itself in that it's being transferred into a true production environment. The types of customers that we've been working with, um, unfortunately, I'm not at liberty to say who, but I can talk a little bit about the the, the application areas, uh, consumer products, uh, automotive. Um, again, some some level of aerospace, uh, but really we're finding a lot of success in the consumer product area um, with the high feature detail that we offer, with the strong materials that we offer, and then uh, automotive um, okay. as well. And when you and I spoke um, last year um, after Formnext, which is where we saw the the first scalable volume production machine, and you spoke about gearing up for the um, beta testing phase and commercialization this year, can you talk about what Evolve is up to with that? And, and maybe has the pandemic had any effect on those those rollout plans? Yeah, the pandemic absolutely has had an effect. <laughs> um, you know, I'm you know quite unfortunate um, for you know for for many around the world, but. For um, startups, you know, as well, it, it hits hard, and you know, we had to slow down. You know, from the conversation that we had last November, um, our scale volume production product, our SVP, uh, it will launch. Um, by the way, we are building those first few units now. Um, we'll actually uh, ship our first one in Q1 of 2021. Okay. So we actually um, have sold one of our, our our first SVP machine, and we are taking um, we are taking orders now. For um, you know, as we launched the company, so um, really the the pandemic slowed us down because number one, the, our customers um, they were slowed down, right? They all had to go start you know working from home. Their budgets were unsure, and 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 all of the plans and manufacturing and volumes and all those things were unsure, and all of that um, um, indecision, uh, rightfully so by by their companies 
created this lag for us where we had other systems that were committed to in 2020. They've now been pushed out into 2021. We actually had to slow down. We did have to slow down our development of the product, but then we picked it back up in um, throughout the pandemic. Um, Stanley Black and Decker uh, did uh, did uh, fund our last raise, and they and then they helped they helped with the resources to get us through you know the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm happy to say we are on track with our original plans, believe it or not, even through the pandemic. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, on the customer side, the application side, it's taken a real hit because our customers um, have been slowed down. Their application areas are unsure. So mm-hmm. we're waiting for the world to sort of come back online, if you will. But I imagine you certainly won't be won't be alone in that. But as you've just said, then you know you've you've still had things happening in the background with this investment from Stanley Black and Decker, which was um, I think was that their second lot of investment um, in Evolve after That's around right. in 2018, which has also included some investment from major companies like um, the Lego Group as well. So how have those investments really contributed to to Evolve's growth, and how has it been to have companies like that, which are quite established, really kind of uh, backing your technology? Yeah, it essential, right? So you know, having having someone like uh, Stanley Black and Decker first that uh, helped us through, you know, with with the res- with the funding, and also the guidance, you know, in, in helping drive the company through the pandemic has been absolutely, you know, uh, instrumental for me um, in, in helping you do all of this. So Stanley Black and Decker has been really a, a phenomenal help in in getting us through this, you know, trying times. And, and having someone like Lego, so now the one thing I think we, we did announce it uh, a week ago, so Karsten Rasmussen, who's the chief operating officer of Lego, he now sits on our board mm-hmm. of, of, of directors. So um, Lego's support of Evolve and uh, Will is obviously apparent by who they're having helped drive the company and then building out applications, materials with their level of quality and expectations, critical. So I, I don't know if I would have made it out of it without the level of support and the level of guidance given by these large organizations. Mm-hmm. And are, are those companies um, looking to, to use the technology in the coming years then? Correct. Absolutely correct. I think, you know, I, th- I think I said it last year and, and, and just to sort of, um, um, I think, update you on that for for them, it's all about factory flexibility. You know, mm-hmm. as you know, these these large institutional companies that utilize injection molding and other uh, plastics technologies from a manufacturing perspective, it's it, it's quite difficult for them to have fle- flexibility in their factories. So, uh, injection molding really doesn't lead itself to a lot of flexibility. You, you make a mold; it's very expensive to, to modify that mold. Very difficult. So, having a technology like uh, Step with a company like Evolve gives them that flexibility in the factory to really, you know, um, be able to react to the world, whether it be a volume issue or a freedom of design issue or unexpected um, success that they want to be able to capitalize on, um, say, with a movie or something like that in Lego's sense. And then with Stanley, you know, Black & Decker, um, again, with their large organizations um, to be able to capitalize on a, a new automotive application or new hand tool application, very essential, and why they've invested in, in, in Evolve. Mm-hmm. So that, that absolutely continues. Okay. 
And you touched on this um, a, a little bit earlier, but um, you've got such a, um, a long background in, in 2D and, and 3D printing, including, as we mentioned, um, many years at one of the biggest 3D printing companies in the world. So how does it feel now to be coming at this from the perspective of a startup in the AM industry? And are there any lessons that you learned from all those years at Stratasys that are really kind of um, <laughs> like really coming into use now? Yeah, yeah. So I, for, for one reason or another, I've been, so I've been in um, larger companies, uh, but always seem to be working within um, developing, obviously, products, but new products. So mm-hmm. my background isn't just about um, develop, you know, continuation products. It's always been about developing something new. So really, you know, uh, it's kind of the way, you know, I talk to some people about it. It's kind of like I've been groomed to do this through my career. And when, you know, coming from a company like Stratasys, working with a guy like Scott Crump, you know, the entrepreneur and one of the two founders of the entire 3D printing industry. And, and uh, you know, I did it early enough on with Stratasys to where they were still not a corporate yet, not, out, they were out of the garage, so to speak, but not yet. So there's a lot of lessons that I was able to um, take forward. Uh, but really one of the things that is the most valuable is the freedom that Evolve has had to make the decisions necessary um, in this startup environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, a, in a corporation, you, you, you have hoops to jump through, especially a public corporation like Stratasys. There's numbers, there's quarterly numbers you have to hit, there's ways you're reporting things, there's, there's a certain level of uh, scrutiny and things like that on agreements and certain things you just can't do. Mm-hmm. Where um, in a spin-out like, like Evolve, the whole idea from day one with Stratasys was to spin this out, to give it the, the, the freedom to move, to give it the air to breathe so that it could grow appropriately, um, where inside the company it would take a lot longer and be a lot more difficult. And mm-hmm. I, I, I really do think this has been a tremendous success from a spin-out perspective. Mm-hmm. And I know that in a recent conversation uh, with my colleague Sam spoke to, to Scott Crump last week, and he was very complimentary of, of Evolve's technology. Oh, excellent. <laughs> yeah, Scott and I, I know Scott, um, I, I've seen a lot of uh, recent, I, I think, news articles in, 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 on him. I think he, uh, I think he's planning on retiring. I, I, I never think yeah. that I will retire. I think he's just saying that. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe for these a year or so, he'll relax, but the guy can never retire. He's, he's an amazing, an amazing guy. He's been an amazing mentor uh, for me personally, as well as a supporter of, of the technology inside the Stratasys and then outside the Stratasys uh, as well. And just to kind of uh, finish up then, I just want to find out what what are your kind of um, big goals for Evolve Additive going forward and, and what can we expect to see next? I know you've said about the, the machines now that are in the ordering phase and, and getting ready to be shipped soon. So uh, what can we hope to see next from you guys? Yeah, great question. I'm really excited. I'm, I'm really, you know, obviously getting through COVID here um, is going to be the, 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 the challenge, right? One of one of the challenges we all have mm-hmm. getting the, and, and it, some of it evolve, um, you know, is an internal effort that we need to continue to push. But a lot of it on the application side, the customer side, you know, the, the world has to be, you know, back online. Budgets have to, you know, be made again for 2021. Objectives internally um, have to be set. Because uh, remember, Evolve is all about production grade additive. It's all about uh, supply chain um, reliability and, and creating uh, for our customers 
that element of supply chain that they don't have today, the factory mm -hmm. flexibility. So what I'm really excited about is number one, getting our first machine out there and then um, selling our first five machines and mm -hmm. building out those applications and seeing how the customers are using the technology and the products and the platforms, um, seeing how they're using them and actually making profitable businesses for themselves. So I'm really excited to see uh, Evolve sort of launch off the pad here after so many years of development. On the on the uh, product side, uh, I'm, I'm excited you know, we're going to launch with a, a MG29 ABS from Sabic. That's what we're going to launch the first product with, with ABS. But it's going to soon follow suit with a nylon um, type of material, um, whether you know, there's, there's two different, three different types of nylons that we're working with right now. So we'll, we'll come out with two or three different materials here, and then there will be a TPU or an elastomeric type material that we'll launch as well. So as soon as we launch the product, then we'll be starting to launch a, a, a plethora of materials that will expand the space um, of, of, of what Evolve can get into, what type of applications. But really excited about now you take that next step, uh, Laura, in developing out applications in true manufacturing uh, areas, not prototyping that we call uh, production. This episode of Additive Insight is brought to you in association with TCT360, the event for 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence. Join TCT on the 29th of June to the 1st of July 2021 at the NEC Birmingham for three days, 60 features and a conference lineup that explores whatever stage of development you're at, whether it's evaluation, adoption or optimization. Register now at tct360.com.